Hey, Centerpoint family, good to see you guys. My name is Ann Hansen. I'm one of the pastors here. I am excited to bring you week two of Throwback. This is our sermon series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if you didn't happen to catch last week's sermon, I highly recommend that you go back and watch it. John did such a great job on teaching about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he basically uh, summed it up with this. Uh, We have a decision every day to choose if we're going to follow the Holy Spirit or if we're going to follow our flesh. That's basically what it boils down to. Very simple. If we follow our flesh, we have um, a basic crap show that shows up, right? It's sexual immorality, lust, idolatry, fighting, jealousy, anger, goes on and on. But if you follow the Holy Spirit, you get everything good in your life. And so I wanted to turn to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I wanted to take a second and say hi to the online families. Hi guys, good to see you. I was just online on Facebook. And anyway, I just wanted to say hi. Okay, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, amen? So last week we learned about love and this week we get to learn about joy. And joy is one of those things that sometimes we feel like we give ourselves a pass on. Uh, Sometimes we think that like joy is unnecessary. It's like that unnecessary fruit of the Holy Spirit. And actually uh, we never call each other out for a lack of joy, right? We could call each other out for like a lack of patience or a lack of kindness or a lack of love, but I've never seen anyone called out for a lack of joy. Have you? right? Okay. Um, But, and actually, I think a lot of times we feel justified in our lack of joy, and it's because um, our circumstance or our situation or the problems that we're facing, and so we feel very justified in our crankiness, our grouchiness. I know that I've been grouchy since like March uh, 20th this year, right? (laughs) Um, And, um, but um, yet God's word is full of commands to rejoice and to be full of joy. And it is that important. It is all over scripture. When I was getting ready for this sermon, I was actually overwhelmed with the amount of verses that call us to be full of joy and to rejoice. And if it were impossible to choose joy in our lives, it would be very cruel of God to command it, right? If it were impossible, it would be cruel for God to command it. Therefore, it is possible, and God's word declares that the fruit of joy is critical in the life of the believer. It's critical. Scripture says it is even dangerous to lose your joy. So in Philippians 3, 1, it says this. In the NLT, it says, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith, right? Whatever happens, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. Those are fighting words, okay? So you're telling me that my lack of joy is directly connected to me losing my faith? right? It is that critical for us to cultivate joy in our lives. We need to take this joy thing 
a lot more seriously. Joy is sometimes like scorned and mocked and ridiculed, but this is a critical part of the kingdom of God. So joy is more than happiness. And actually, I don't want anyone to get it twisted. I'm not opposed to happiness. I'm actually, um, I love to be happy. So uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to say it's an either or. Joy is more than happiness. Happiness is more about like our circumstance. Uh, happiness is determined by like a different thing depending on the day. So uh, John and I were doing this thing called intermittent fasting and um, he had this, um, <laughs> He had this goal in mind, like, oh, I'm going to be really happy if I can lose, like, this amount of weight. And then he's been doing this uh, fasting thing, and he's, like, blown by that number so quickly, and he's lost, like, 23 pounds. That's a lot of weight, right? And I looked at my husband the other day. I'm like, dude, you're so skinny. You're like the husband of my youth, you know? We've, we've, been, we, we've been married almost 19 years, and you look almost like you did when we were married, right? You know, you're really looking skinny, right? And then he, he's like, I'm not going to be happy until I lose all my belly fat, you know? And I was like, that's ridiculous. 23 pounds is a lot. You're still not happy, right? Happiness changes according to our circumstance, according to our mood. Uh, tacos might make me happy today. Uh, sushi might make me happy in a couple hours, you know? Like uh, Chick-fil-A on Saturdays, Chick-fil-A makes me happy. So it, happiness changes, but joy is something that we get that is deeper. Joy is more than happiness. Joy is deeper. It is a feeling that comes as a fruit of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I receive joy with my salvation, immediate joy with my salvation. Joy is that deep assurance that God is in control of my life, that I'm going to be okay, that he's working things out for my good, and that it is my choice to Choose joy to praise the Lord in every circumstance and situation, right? Joy sustains us in our lives through every hardship, through every trial, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, okay, when uh, John and I were first married, we lived in Santa Barbara. He was the worship pastor at Westmont College, and there was this man there named Ben Patterson, and he was the campus pastor of Westmont College. And uh, we got to know him because John was there all the time, and so I would ask him all the time, like, how are you doing? Uh, how are you doing, Ben? And he would always answer me the exact same way. He would say, I'm fundamentally sound. How are you? And I just thought, <laughs> I just thought it was so bizarre, and I'm like, um, after a while, I didn't want to be rude, but after I got to know him a little bit, I finally asked him, I'm like, Ben, why do you, why do you answer me like that? It's so weird. Like, why do you say I'm fundamentally sound? How are you? And he said, well, I'm fundamentally sound. It means that no matter what my circumstances are, no matter what's facing me today, I know that God loves me. He forgives me. My salvation is secure. My name is written in the book of life. No matter what I'm facing, uh, heaven awaits me, and I am fundamentally sound, right? And so I'm like, okay, I just wanted to know how your day was going, but <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, but... Ben is a very wise man. I think he's still at Westmont right now, but it, he chose at a, as a matter of discipline to rightly choose to say, I am fundamentally sound. 
that he chose to focus on the joy of his salvation, no matter what he was facing, no matter what was happening in that day, he chose to remind himself, I am fundamentally sound in the Lord Jesus Christ. So back to joy. Joy is a feeling, right? A feeling that is a fruit of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to say to you that the whole Godhead is full of joy. Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, they are full of joy and his kingdom is full of joy. So this is my first point. If you're taking notes tonight, this is my first point. Trust that Jesus and his kingdom are full of joy. Trust that Jesus and his kingdom are full of joy. And I know that we could be in church and we can, ha- you know, we can be Christians for a long time and still have distortions about God. We could still have in our mind this picture that God is an angry God. You might have this image in your mind that, um, that God looks like, like a Scrooge. You know? And I have this picture um, of John dressed up as Scrooge. Maybe they'll show it, maybe they won't. But okay, anyway, okay, there he is. And maybe you have this image of God as a Scrooge, like a stingy God who like doesn't want to give you things, but, but there he is, this, this wealthy God who is just stingy and mean at the core. Or maybe you have an image of God kind of like Zeus where he has lightning and thunder in both hands and he's ready to strike you down if you do something wrong, right? Maybe you have another image of God just being ticked off at you all the time and just irritated with you because you, you, know, you blew it or you're not perfect and so he's just irritated. He has to deal with your crap, right? Um, but we have to take all these thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus Christ. Because what we're doing is we're making God in our own image instead of understanding who God is through scripture, right? right? And scripture is very, very clear that Jesus and the whole kingdom of God is full of joy. Zephaniah 3, 17 says this, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Now, can you imagine that? He is a mighty savior. He is delighting over you with gladness. He's singing songs of delight over you. That is the truth of who God is. And we need to acknowledge that this is the truth of Jesus and the entire Godhead and the kingdom of God. This is probably a more realistic picture of what Jesus looks like. Right? Hair blowing in the wind. (laughs) Right? You can just imagine his joy. Nothing bothers him. (laughs) Right? Okay, that's more of a picture of Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... (laughs) But this smiling Jesus, this is probably a more realistic picture of who Jesus looks like, right? That this Jesus, this smiling Jesus, absorbed all the wrath of heaven, right? Through his death and resurrection, he saved us. And he had this joyful plan in in mind so that we could live with him forever. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, Psalm 1611 is another verse. It says this, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Not just a little trickle, not a teeny tiny, not a little crumb, 
okay? Fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And this is the truth. We were created by God for God. So we're going to find ultimate pleasure in his presence. You know, when I was saved, I remember, I've known God my whole life, but there are moments that I had encounters with him where I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I remember that moment, my junior year of high school, where I felt so overwhelmed by the love of God. And it was like... um, it was like I could stop climbing. Do you know what I mean? Like I could stop climbing, like I could take a deep breath. Like this acceptance of the Lord was washing over me and it was this deep joy, this deep awareness and this confidence that I'm gonna be okay. God is for me. He is working on my my behalf. I am eternally secure and that joy washed over me and this is the truth of who God is. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? So we we always pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And a third of his kingdom is joy. A third of his kingdom is joy. And that's what he wants us to live in. So when you um, are running to the Lord for help, you can expect that his response will be joy joy. He is not begrudgingly forgiving you, right? He is the fullness of joy, and he's just inviting you into his joy, right? In Psalm 5, 11, and 12, I love the message uh, translation of this, and it says this, that you will welcome us with open arms when we run for cover to you. Let the party last all night, baby, okay? Stand guard over our celebration. You are famous, God, for welcoming God's seekers, for decking us out in delight, right? This is an accurate picture of a joyful God who loves to celebrate his kids, who loves to take delight over his children, right? This is the God who joyfully sent his perfect son to the cross for us to save us and to redeem us. Trust that Jesus and his kingdom are full of joy. That is my first point tonight. Okay, and my second point is this. Trade your troubles for thanks. Can you guys say that with me? Trade your troubles for thanks. Psalm 104 says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is one of my favorite verses in all of, all of scripture. And God reminds me of this verse constantly. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You know, if joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I have to keep in step with the Spirit. And it's very easy to get out of step with the Holy Spirit, right? Because of distractions, just different things that are preoccupying my mind and my life, right? And the easiest way, the quickest door back into God's presence is thanks. That's the quickest door back into his presence is thanks. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, right? And his courts with praise. So I understand, I'm not trying to minimize like the difficulties of life. I understand life is hard. I understand finances are rough, right? Family relationships are falling apart. I'm hearing about marriages just falling apart, you know, children just going wayward. Um, uh, School is especially difficult this year. Disappointments abound. This is 2020, right? Um, But you know what will kill our joy? You know what kills our joy is this. It's focusing on all of our troubles. 
That will kill your joy quicker than anything. And you know what grows when I focus on my troubles? Oh my gosh. Disappointment, right? Hopelessness, fear, anxiety, worry, just hopelessness, powerlessness, all those fruits just grow in my life when I focus on my troubles. And so um, yesterday, for some reason, I was reminded of this thing that my friend did to me a couple years ago when she ambushed me. And um, I started to just like think about like all that she did and it really like started to upset me. I started to think about like how she like ambushed me, how she like set me up, how she completely misunderstood me. She told like half the story. She spoke bad about me to this person, that person. And, and before I knew it, I was angry all over again. This happened years ago, but I was angry all over again. I was bitter all over again. And before I knew it, I realized I was rehearsing her sins against me and I quickly got out of step with the Holy Spirit. That's what happened. I got out of step with the Holy Spirit. By, by doing all of that, I got out of step with the Holy Spirit. The thankfulness stopped. The dishonor grew, right? And the opposite happens when I give thanks. The opposite happens when I give thanks. When I trade my troubles for thanks, everything changes. Everything changes, right? When I give thanks, it isn't too long before I feel like joy bubbling up inside of me, right? When I give thanks, uh, it's like I create an opening in my spirit for God to just pour in, right? And um, trade your troubles for thanks. Trade your troubles for thanks and see what God will do. I actually did that today because I, uh, I didn't do it yesterday. Okay, uh, so, <laughs> okay, keep it honest. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, always be joyful, always, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus, Right? So many of us, we want to know what God's will for us is in our lives, right? We're like, what is God's will for me? What is God's will for my life? It is clear as day in this uh, scripture right here that joy and thanks are heart postures that God desires as his will for our lives. Joy and thanks, right? These heart postures, more than a destination, more than an assignment, these heart postures are what he desires from our lives. Joy and thanks. And thanks, when we agree with heaven, when we give thanks, we are declaring that we believe that our lives are a gift from God, right? We're declaring that we believe in God's goodness. We declare that we're believing in his provision over us. We're declaring that we believe that he is providing for us, protecting for us, that he says he is who he is, and we attract the strength and reality of heaven in our lives. That's what happens when we give thanks. It's so powerful. Trade your troubles for thanks. Amen? Amen. Amen. Trade your troubles for thanks. And then this last point that I have to say is this. Train yourself for joy through laughter and laying down your life. Okay? Train yourself for joy through laughter and laying down your life. I know that sounds weird, but if God gives us a command to be joyful, it is an act of our will. 
right? It is an act of our will to rejoice and to be joyful. So we need to train ourselves to rejoice. And we can do that by laughing and by laying down our lives. And I'll explain this. But both of these choices, laughing and laying down your life, these are choices to move in the operate, to operate in the opposite spirit of what we're facing. Yeah. Laughter and laying down your life. It is choosing to go in the opposite spirit of what we are facing. So train yourself for joy through laughter and laying down your life. Okay, Psalm 2.4 says this. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. That means God. God laughs. He scoffs at them. And this is about when God is confronted by his enemies. He's laughing. There's no, there's no anxiety in him, right? There's no stress or worry in him. Instead, he chooses to laugh, and he disarms the enemy through his laughter, right? Laughter is so powerful in the spirit, and we get to do this also. We get to follow the Lord into laughing at our enemy, right? Proverbs 17.22 says this, a tearful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. It is so important in our lives to laugh and to have a good uh, sense of humor about our lives. Joy is a biblical key of health for our whole lives. And so when faced with problems, what if we just laughed, Mm -hmm. right? What if we just laughed? Okay, so my my son Noah, he's about to be 16 on Tuesday, but anyway, happy birthday, Noah. Okay, but anyway, He's about to be 16, but ever since he was a little, little boy, he's had this thing where he would laugh at inappropriate moments. And um, it's just, it constantly happens, right? So just this week, I was yelling at him about his retainer because he got his braces off like a year ago. And I noticed he was smiling at me and I noticed that his teeth were crooked. So I'm like, Noah! you better wear your retainer. And I was popping off on him, just going off about like how he needs to wear his retainer. I'm not going to pay for braces again. You better stick that retainer. He's telling me it doesn't fit. And I'm like, you're going to make it fit. And then all of a sudden he just starts laughing, right? And he's just like, <laughs> and he's looking down at me because he's a lot taller than me now. He's just laughing, laughing. And I'm so used to it now that, um, it's just, it is what it is. He's not trying to be, dis, it's not, he's not trying to be disrespectful. I, I just know. It's just that um, the laughter just overcomes him and he just has to give in, right? And so um, <laughs> we both end up laughing usually because it's so ridiculous. I'm yelling at him and his response is like, <laughs> okay. So, um, but ultimately we both end up feeling better, right? Um, through laughter. Have you heard of this guy named Norman Cousins? No? Okay. This is guy who's a journalist, um, and he ended up developing this terrible condition called um, ankylosing spondylitis. It's an arthritis in your spine, and it caused him terrible pain and terrible, like, immobility. He couldn't move his body. And so the doctors all told him that uh, you can't recover, and basically there's, like, one in 500 people that ever recover. And so just um, get used to it, basically. This is your lot in life. And so Norman Cousins, he didn't want to take this. And so he decided that he was going to create this um, unorthodox treatment plan with one of his doctors. And so he uh, checked out of the hospital. 
he stopped all his pain medications and he decided to take this like really high dose of vitamin C and in the hotel room, he decided to watch all these like old um, movies that are like Marx Brother movies and candid camera um, spoofs to make himself laugh. And he decided that laughter would be his primary source for pain relief. And this is, he even wrote a book about it called Anatomy of an Illness, and they turned it into a movie. And basically he said, it worked. I made the joyous discovery that 10 minutes of genuine belly laughter had an anesthetic effect on me that would give me at least two hours of pain-free sleep. Wow. That's crazy, right? He continued this. Six months later, he was back on his feet. Two years later, he was completely back at work. He made a full recovery. Wow. <laughs> a cheerful heart is good medicine. Just, science is just proving what God's word has said from the beginning, right? Laughter is such a gift to us. So train yourself for joy through laughter and through laying down your life. Lay down your life, right? It's counter-cultural. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Jesus had joy while he laid down his life. It's counter-cultural. But I'm telling you, you will be filled with joy as you lay down your life for others. You will. This is God's word, right? The more you keep in step with the Spirit, I mean, you might be thinking, I don't want to lay down my life for other people. But the more you keep in step with the Spirit, the more He's going to change your desires, the more you're going to want to see joy in other people, and the more you're going to be willing to lay down your life for others, right? But I need to clarify something. Joy is not the same as pleasure, right? Because um, any parent can attest to this, okay? So you can have joy and not experience pleasure. So when I was giving birth to my son, Toby, my first one, um, I was in terrible pain. <laughs> I was in miserable pain during the birth and the aftermath. And um, newsflash, okay, ripping through your rectum is not a joke, okay? <laughs> is that too much information? Okay. <laughs> Joy does not always <laughs> equal pleasure, okay? <laughs> I had joy because I had this beautiful son. I became a mom, but I was not experiencing any pleasure. Okay, guys? So it's not always the same thing. Same goes with breastfeeding. Praise the Lord, those days are done. Praise Jesus. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay. Philippians 2.17 says this, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. I want all of you to share that joy, laying down your life. This is just one of those upside down kingdom principles. It's like, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's better to lay down your life to find joy. You know, it's just one of those things. And God's word is true. The happiest people in life are the ones that are giving their lives away. Trust that Jesus and his kingdom are full of joy. Trade your troubles for thanks. And then train yourself for joy through laughter and through laying down your life. I want to declare just one verse over you. It's in Romans 15, 13. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You know, this week, um, I lost my ring, my wedding ring. It's like a diamond ring that John got me. John does not buy me cheap things, okay? He's a bougie man. He buys me bougie gifts, okay? So John is, John is a good one, okay? I, I love him. Okay, so he bought me this awesome ring. This was actually for our five-year anniversary. He saved all this money. He, like, and hustled with this guy. Anyway, so he, he bought me this really nice ring. And for some reason, I lost it this week. And I was kind of worried about it. And the more days that passed, the more I started like freaking out that I couldn't find my ring. And um, I think it was Wednesday night, I went to bed and I was like, I think it's, I think it's in the um, garbage disposal. That's like what I was thinking when I went to bed. So I woke up on, I think it was Thursday morning. And I was like sticking my hand in the garbage disposal because that was like the only place I hadn't looked yet. And it, I, it wasn't in the garbage disposal. So I was freaking out because it was already Thursday. And so I asked my son Noah and my friend Rachel to pray for me. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm dying. I lost my ring. And then within 10 minutes of asking them to pray, I found my ring. Wow. Thank you, God. You can just imagine the joy that I felt when I found my ring, right? What was lost was finally found, praise the Lord, right? I told John later he was so mad, right? I was like, I, I, was like, I lost my ring. He's like, you're dead. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's true. He got mad at me, his wife, his beloved wife. Okay. Um, so anyway. <laughs> I love messing with him. Okay. Luke 15, 17 says this, though. There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have not strayed. Amen. I want to give this opportunity for you to either accept the Lord Jesus for the first time to be your Lord and Savior or to return to the Lord. Okay, so I want you to take a moment with me. If you guys can just close your eyes and pray with me. The truth of the gospel is that this is good news, that Jesus joyfully came and laid down his life for you. He lived a perfect life. The Son of God came to die on our behalf. And his, his blood, his death, his resurrection purchased eternal life for us. And so if there's anyone here either online or in person with us, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand? Thank you, I see you. Is there anyone else you wanna raise your hand and say, yes, Jesus, I'm coming back to you if you wanna to return to the Lord and say, yes, I saw you in the back. Um, I wanna accept you, Jesus. I need the joy of my salvation. I need to be filled with that hope. I need to stop climbing. I need to feel that acceptance. Say yes to him right now. He's ready, he's waiting for you. He's full of joy, he's ready to deck you out in delight. So I wanna pray for those who just raised their hand. Jesus, thank you that you are such a good God. You extravagantly love us. 
You extravagantly forgive us. You joyfully accept us. You run to us with arms wide open and you give us your forgiveness. You restore a relationship with us. You heal us. You accept us, God. All the things that our heart needs, God, you have right there for us. So thank you, Lord. We receive this perfect gift of your son's life and we say yes to him being Lord, yes to him being Savior, Yes to him being in charge of our lives. God, we love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And keeping your eyes closed, I want to just, um, I prayed before service and I felt like God wanted to do a couple of things tonight. And I want to pray for lost things. I want to pray for a return of lost things. And I'm not just talking about physical things, but I am talking about physical things, right? But if you've lost something, if you've experienced loss in your life, I'm, I really believe that God wants to restore to you in a way that only he could do. Maybe you've lost your health. Maybe you've lost um, a spouse. Maybe you've lost something. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe you've lost an object. Uh, maybe you've lost your finances, you've lost your job, whatever it is, I really believe that God wants to restore. So if that is any of you, would you raise your hand to receive this word? Yeah, thank you. I see a bunch of you. If you're near these people, would you pray for them? And if you're online, could you say what you've lost and then the prayer team online will also pray for you? Lord Jesus, I'm believing that you are a returner of lost things. You love to give back what the enemy has stolen from us, God. And I'm believing and declaring, God, that this word is from you and we're declaring it, we're decreeing it as it is in heaven, Lord. May it be right here at Centerpoint Church. Return these lost things, God, whatever they are. You know, Lord Jesus. And God, I'm asking that you would confirm this through the power of your Holy Spirit. Return lost things. You are a God of justice. You're not okay with us being ravaged, devastated, destroyed. You're not okay with that, God. I believe you're giving back the lost things to your kids tonight, Lord. And then I also have another word. I really believe that God wants to heal um, arthritis and mystery illnesses tonight. And so if you have something that you're struggling with and it hasn't, it doesn't even have a diagnosis. And, or if you have arthritis, you have pain in your bones and it's um, destroying your bones. Would you just pray with me? Could you raise your hand if that resonates with you? there's anyone here thank you and I see you back there too and if any of you are online again put it in the comments that this is for you Jesus you are the God of the impossible with man it's impossible with God all things are possible and I'm declaring that you are the God of the mystery illness <laughs> You can heal all things. You are our healer, God. We don't even need to have a diagnosis for it, God, because we know who our healer is. We know who our source is, Lord. And so, God, I'm inviting your healing power, your resurrection power, um, 
your restorative power to work right now to heal arthritis, to heal these mystery illnesses right now in the name of Jesus. That you would come and you would move powerfully right now in your people. You are our redeemer, God, not just our, the redeemer for our salvation, but the redeemer for here and now. I'm believing it, God. I'm pushing for it, Jesus, believing, God, that you want to heal us, Lord. Is there anything else, God? Okay, the last word I just feel like the Lord wants to say is that, yes, he does love you. Yes, he loves you. It's settled. It's not a question. Don't even ask the question anymore. It is settled. It is finished. He loves you and he loves you. His mind is made up about you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to question. You don't have to ask him again and again. Do you love me? He does. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that your cross is evidence of your love. Thank you, Lord. We honor you tonight, Lord, Holy Spirit, Father God, Jesus, continue to work in your people tonight. Continue to stir up more healings, more freedom for your people. We believe you, God. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that we have in you. Thank you, God, for that deep awareness, that deep assurance that we're okay. We're okay. God, you are for us. You're never against us. We are secure in you. We are fundamentally sound. Thank you, God. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.